Welcome to the Football Parliament podcast, your one-stop destination for all your football debates, discussions, and opinions. Modern football started the day when a crazy Catalonian decided to become a football manager, and the rest is history. History, what we've done. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about one of the greatest managers of all time to grace the game. It's none other than Pep Guardiola. How he transformed Manchester City, and we'll also talk about the differences between the last season City and this season City. Starting with you, Rishabh, what do you feel about the key changes Pep Guardiola made this season? Um, first of all, I'd like to talk about before we get to the key changes. I feel like I think right now is a good time to talk about the difficulties that we faced this season. You know, Manchester City yeah. were absolutely strikeless the entire season. You know, we did not have Sergio Aguero, who unfortunately was out of form, injured, was in uh, COVID positive, and now he's back, scoring only one goal in open play and three penalties, two in the Champions League and one in the Premier League. And for Pep Guardiola to adapt his style of play into being a false nine, you know, with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Phil Foden, um, playing that central uh, central forward, I feel his his um, tactics uh, for the attacking side has definitely improved. Yes, um, Manchester City have been you know extremely unlucky with our defenders in the past. You know, we've made some big signings where we would have expected at least. A Champions League in the past, if not the Champions League final this season, and defensively we weren't all over the place. We were just very unlucky, you know, with some of the key moments and our key players. But this season, Pep Guardiola, he's been a bit better with his money management. Twenty million for Ferran Torres, who in the Premier League and this entire season for Manchester City has been absolutely brilliant. You know, I him, I myself doubted if Ferran Torres would be. Any good, um, and then with the bringing of Nathan Ake, who I feel to some extent is not the brightest signing yet, but I think he can prove his potential in the next season if not injured. And then, of course, the main man to talk about, um, you know, I feel like the one who's changed Manchester City's defense and given us a confidence is, of course, Ruben Diaz. You know, I think this is the first time we've gotten very lucky with a defender, you know, since Vincent Company and Michael Richards. So I really believe that. You know, Pep has, Pep has actually, with his money, he's been so careful about the way he spent because he spent almost a billion um, pounds uh, on defenders or on our entire team, if I'm not wrong, but mostly on defenders. So, you know, for Pep to actually get a huge steal, I think it was 65 million for Ruben Diaz, you know, in his prime at the age of 23 to drag him into the Premier League was absolutely amazing. So that's what I think. What about you, Vedant? Talking about Ferran Torres, I will talk about Pep Guardiola, but since I'm a Spain fan, I really love watching Ferran Torres. Okay, the thing about him is that he came from Valencia and he wasn't a starter there. And like, I saw him twice or thrice and he wasn't really that good, but Pep Guardiola has really worked on him. And you know, uh, in Valencia, he was a like a proper left winger, but here, I think City's used him more on the right flank. Uh, plus, if you look at his stats this season, they've been incredible. I mean, he scored a hat-trick against Newcastle, which was very good. And talking about one go- go- great goal of his, which can be a postcast-worthy goal. Um, in 22 games, he scored seven goals and assist- assisted twice in the Premier League. But the thing is that the stats don't really support him because half of the times it's been him, um, you know, starting off in the 60th or the 70th minute. So, you know, stats really don't do him that good. He scored 13 to 14 goals this season. He's one of uh, you know Spanish youngsters like who really will Spain will really rely on him on the future, so that's great. And 
coming back to the topic of Pep Guardiola, that he's really transformed Man City this season, barely using money. Yes, that's true. I mean, someone like Pep barely using money is a bit harsh to say, but he's done that this season. Man City fell short last season of the Premier League. They couldn't win it for the third time in the row because uh, Liverpool were ahead of them by 18 points. Then, even in the Champions League, they lost to a Leon side, which weren't even in the top three spots in the League One last season. That's what I remember. Uh, but the difference between this Man City and last season's Man City was that Man City's greatest strength last season was in the final third. Like they netted 102 league goals last season, and this season it's only been 76. They officially create a lot of chances. That's true. Uh, if you look at their game, they have like 12 to 13 shots uh, in total, and only four or five of them, you know, go on target. So that's the reason why there's a reason why to, because of that that happens that um, they lack a striker. That's the thing. But Pep Guardiola has worked really very well without a striker. I mean, he used Kevin De Bruyne as a false nine or a right wing sometimes and used Mares. And, you know, Sterling has also, you know, barely, we've barely seen the prime Sterling this season. So we really can't talk about much about their key players being Aguero and Sterling and them not playing this season much. Then if you look looked at their weaknesses, uh, last season it was Benjamin Mendy who was injury prone and they used Zinchenko. But if you look at Zinchenko this season, they've he had a great game against PSG. And overall, he's been very good this season. And he's also used Joao Cancelo at left back. That's really great. And Joao Cancelo mostly has stepped up stepped up this season. And even at left back, uh, his prime spot is right back, but that's okay. Uh going back to Yurishab, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think when we compare last season to this season, I feel like what's more important to talk about is our attack. Like you mentioned, 102 league goals. This season, we haven't created the most chances. I feel that's where we lacked. And although we create chances, we don't have a natural finisher um, in our squad. You know, Pep is often playing players out of their depth, but it's actually very good and very fortunate for us that these are very well-talented players. You know, players who can adapt to any place on the pitch. And um, for an example, like Joao Cancelo, natural right back, but, um, you know, playing as a false midfielder for most of the games, playing at right mid for most of our matches as well, he has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think this season, Pep really has to, you know, with um, the depart of Sergio Aguero, I really think he has to reconsider... um, a striker because I personally feel like Gabriel Jesus, although as amazing he may be, he is not the most consistent striker that City's had. You know, we've had the likes of Edin Dzeko and Alvaro Negredo to be more consistent than Gabriel Jesus has been for us. So I really think Pep needs mm. to reconsider that so we can reach not only the 100 goal limit, but I think we can finally, you know, um, win the matches. We don't leave the matches up to chance because there have been matches in the first half of the season where we've absolutely bottled it because of not having a striker. And, um, you know, so, I, again, like last season, we had Sergio Aguero, um, you know, who scored at least 20 goals this season, you know, even if he plays for half of it. Breaking the um, the most hat-trick scored, you know, by Alan Shearer, he's now, Aguero's now at 13. So, it's pretty phenomenal to see, you know, if you have a striker, the things you can do, and especially for somebody, somebody like Sergio Aguero, who is obviously a club legend, but for City to play strikers this season, I think it's been a bit unfortunate for us. And moving on to last season's midfield. Um, last season's midfield consisted of Fernandinho, Kevin De Bruyne, and 
some most of the time it was rodri and not ilkay gundogan which you know be that as it may we did finish second but like you said we were 18 points behind um liverpool uh two defensive midfielders really weren't that necessary i mean yes we had some extremely unfortunate matches you know like 3-1 loss against liverpool the the, the two times that we lost to man united both at the etihad yeah. and at old trafford having those two holding midfielders really doesn't help when you have only one creative player like kevin de bruyne um but compared to this season i feel like pep guardiola he's he's actually told them you know you have to perform at your level best or you will be benched and we've seen that pep guardiola isn't afraid to bench people ben kevin kevin de bruyne himself he was benched for two games because he simply didn't play that well against leicester so you know him telling those players to be at your very best if you want the game time i think that's why we see people like phil foden and ilkay gundogan you know playing um almost every match or at least being a substitute in every match is at least because they start up the game because they know they need that game time and as for the defense you know it, it's very unfortunate to talk about it but last season ivar klaport was our key um defender you know john stones wasn't in the best of his form fernandinho had to play center back um it was just terrible because we had pretty old players who i think we should have let go of this season but we only let go of david silva and then um nicolas otamendi you know in exchange for ruben diaz i don't think that's too bad and for our fullbacks i think you know then again we might be a bit unlucky because the style of play is different see with pep guardiola it is a whole system but um an example i have to give from this season is the match against newcastle where we conceded three this is the first time we've conceded more than two um and the last time we conceded more than two was the leicester game um away uh, at home so it, it 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 was pretty terrible you know because you need a system and you don't need 11 different players playing their way so it's a bit unfortunate but luckily this season they've been way more disciplined they've set up their game you know like you said jock and sel alexander zinchenko ben mendy to some extent as well he's been putting in very good crosses lately he's been scoring some important goals for us as well so I think that's uh, what I feel. What do you think is the major change apart from our defense this season, Virat? See, um if you looked at Man City last season, I mean this season I've barely seen City because this is a crucial year for me. Uh but last season I did see Man City. They had some key injuries last season. Uh Pep Guardiola has improved the fitness levels at the club. I mean Premier League t- teams are built on routine like uh, they should marry rest recover and train at intense levels yet that continuity was difficult to ensure due to the unpredictable nature of uh, the season as the season wore on the fight for the title seemed restricted to the two neighbors while city relied on a superior squad with great quality in depth united united's bunch uh, showed fitness levels higher than most of the teams in the league uh, guardiola himself couldn't explain how you know man city managed to keep so many of their players fit during this campaign considering they had been embroiled in a tight tussle with liverpool for the premier league title in the past two seasons having to play at the top intensity constantly for the past 3 to 4 years uh, should have taken its toll but that simply didn't happen you know that's something we should look at because in the previous season uh, man city seasons uh, man city have, have had uh, many injuries but what was the reason when uh, doing exactly the same thing as this one the same guys the same physios the same preparation the same cookers i think the same vibes uh, i don't know why in one season it's perfect and uh, other one we struggle a lot that's what i'm quoting pep guardiola he said that according to the guardian then uh, the other key change was the arrival of ruben diaz i mean that man is just phenomenal 
he uh, even at center back he uh, has a lot of influence on the game i mean he's like a natural leader i mean uh, they signed in from benfica for around 62 millions and then the, he paired him up with john stones another high profile central defender who was earlier struggling at city but they seem to have completely changed the defensive structure of the team diaz and stones will draw in front of them have conceded only 0.74 goals on an average per game after 35 games they allowed a mere of 78 shots on target 18 fewer than the next best in this regard which is chelsea they have conceded only 26 goals in 35 games since diaz signing city have conceded 19 goals in 30 games 19. these are some stats which i can mention 1919 so the center back has been really crucial in making the man city the defensive team best defensive team in the league right now then there's one more change i mean last season it was city's attack which i think uh, was very crucial for them but this season it's been the goals from the midfield i mean uh, with both his established strikers suffering from covid-19 and injuries through the season guardiola's system had to change from that uh, the one that boosted sergio aguero or gabriel jesus to you know allow the most prolific attacking midfielders of his team to shine uh, none did this as well as ilkay gundogan uh, brought to city as a deep lying playmaker you know a deep lying playmaker just like tony cruz and one of the first names on the injury list the germans resurgence has seen the storm up the pitch more often often gliding into space uh, late in a move and slotting home 12 goals this season uh, and 12 really very important goals some of them against top sides in the premier league then a strikerless football experiment that uh, Guardiola began with Messi at Barcelona. I mean, he's taken that shape at City too. The false nine position is one that has, uh, you know, been activated by Pep Guardiola and uh, used to devastating effect, be it Kevin De Bruyne against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, where City had less possession but more clear chances on goal. Uh, or Phil Foden at Anfield as the youngsters' movement of the ball was not just picked enough for Liverpool. Uh, plus, you know, there was one more change in City this season that their homegrown talent came through. Uh, Phil Foden, he is expected to be the, you know, the star of Man City for the next decade or so. The future of uh, the 20-year-old Phil Foden and City's heavy spending in the transfer windows had been a collision course because, you know, last season Foden wouldn't get much starts. But this season, Foden has been an absolute key for Man City. So, there's clearly been a difference in Man City and a huge, huge difference. And, you know, when there's a difference in the clubs, like if you look at uh, someone like Real Madrid or Barcelona, it's usually, you know, what do you call it? It's like a change in scenarios. I mean, it's called a rebuilding. And here, Man City have just, you know, Changed a bit of their players, changed a bit of tactics, and they've really came through. I mean, they're in a Champions League final and they've won uh, the Premier League already. So it's really very good for Man City right now. And in my opinion, they're, I think, either the best team in the world right now or the second best. But they're definitely there. Yeah, I agree with you. The Pep Guardiola project, um, you know, by Man City, I think our owners themselves did know. I mean, yeah, you know, we are known for our oil money as well. But jokes apart, I really feel like they did invest in Pep Guardiola because they knew that he will ask for money to get the defenders. He will get what he wants and he will transform them. And we've seen it this season. We've seen, you know, signings we've had for two, three years just suddenly step up the season. And as for a homegrown talent, Phil Foden isn't the only one. I have to mention the likes of Liam Delap and Tommy Doyle. Um, if you may not remember the FA Cup match against Bournemouth, Liam Delap scored um, a brace against them yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he yeah. started. And Tommy Doyle this season has also started for us in the Premier League midfield. He has been pretty good, but you know, they are Premier League two champions. And mm. I feel like I feel like one question I do have to ask you and for the people who watch this video is that this season, um, Liverpool were out 
because of Virgil van Dijk. I think that's the reason they were out of the title race. So do you feel like maybe City got a bit lucky, you know, with the fact that some of the sides had injuries or they weren't playing well? Or do you think that Pep just had an entire masterclass of the season? What do you think, Vedat? See, I really don't think that City went on, you know, like a luck luck road or something like that. Pep Guardiola masterclass was there this season. Although they, they didn't have a striker and, you know, some of their goals were a bit of a luck. But I wouldn't say their entire season as a whole was a luck. Pep Guardiola definitely did have his masterclass. I mean, he's one of the biggest geniuses in the football world. And there's literally nothing to say about him because everybody knows about him anyways. So, it's definitely not luck on the side. I mean, if luck was there, then I would say the same for Atletico Madrid. They're clearly winning the uh, title in La Liga. And that's because Real Madrid have had, you know, 60 injuries this season. And uh, Barcelona also had key injuries. So, maybe that would be the reason why Atletico won the league. But no, it's not that. I mean, Man City won the Premier League and they clearly deserved it this season. Because everything changed there. I mean, two to three... Uh, starting players change. Ruben Diaz was introduced. Uh, introduced. Emmerich Laporte benched, and Foran Torres also had a key role. So I really don't think that it was a luck. It was uh, a bit of luck. Definitely, just a bit of luck. But definitely, Pep Guardiola masterclass was there. <laughs> I think that is um, pretty interesting. And to some extent, I do agree. Yes, it was a Pep Guardiola masterclass because if you recall. Um, December the 7th against uh, West Bromwich Albion, the one-all draw. I think that was the wake-up call for Pep. I think that's when he knew that, you know, if he goes a second season without at least one major trophy, because let's be honest, domestic cups don't really matter that much to, you know, big teams like um, Manchester City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, wherever in the world, whichever league. Um, And I think Pep really knew that because he spent quite a lot of money. And I feel like if not for Manchester City for his own legacy... To you know, be the very best. I think the twenty-game unbeaten streak that we went was, I think, absolutely phenomenal. I think it was one of the best moments I think football has ever seen so far. Um, you know, it stands right up to the next of you know the introduction of Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, and the invincible season, of course. But this side could genuinely beat um, the Invincibles. This side has been absolutely phenomenal this season. We've had a monster of a defense, and our attack has, however inconsistent they may have been in the last year or so, this season they've absolutely turned up. Um, I think they've taken good advantage of the fact that some key injuries were there, you know, for Liverpool, like the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez. I feel like taking advantage of those situations is what we would call a Pep Guardiola masterclass. So, um, moving on from the Premier League, now Vedant, I know that Real Madrid lost to Chelsea in the Champions League semi-finals. And I know that you're rooting for Chelsea, uh, sorry, Manchester City to win the to to get the trophy. Where do you think yeah. City can beat Chelsea? Like, what do you think is the one um, thing that City can exploit? Is it Chelsea's defense? Is it its midfield? Tell us. See, uh, I think Ruben Diaz and uh, Ruben Diaz and John Stones can pocket Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, and probably even Mason Mount. I mean. Chelsea's attack is something that they're lacking. I mean, they're like I said in my previous podcast, in our previous podcast, that Chelsea always, you know, lack that intensity which is needed in the final third, and that's where the key thing that Chelsea need to work on, and I think they will work on it. Uh, I think that's where Chelsea's weakness lies. Their biggest weakness lies, and Man City can clearly work on it, and you know, even with Diaz and Stones at centre back, so. 
they don't really have a problem there the problem where city can have is also their attack because they're going without a striker in the finals i mean they do have strikers but they obviously won't play them because they aren't good enough so i think it's the attack it's definitely the attack for both the clubs i mean chelsea don't have a great attack man city have a strikerless team so it can be anything it's a 50 50 game to be honest maybe i think with chelsea's attack i would disagree with you but the, because chelsea this season like you said you know they don't have a traditional number 9 they can rely on earlier yeah. in the season in the champions league group stages it was tammy abraham it was olivier giroud but this season we see them play the same way city's played more of a false nine you know any striker could go up it could be timo one from the left to strike it could be kai havertz from the center midfield it could be mason mount as well so who do you think plays the system better who do you think plays the false nine system better in your opinion from any match that you've seen between man city or chelsea yes see to be honest both the teams equally play that false nine role really good i mean false nine was used against real madrid too and how effective was that you really know that you would definitely know that sorry and even man city i mean they've played the false nine mostly all of the season either kevin de bruyne or phil foden have played the false nine role for man city so both of them are you know exceptionally good at that so if i have to root i'll say man city because playing without a striker i mean chelsea have used tammy abraham or olivia giroud this season and man city really haven't uh, you know relied on uh, gabriel jesus or sergio aguero for that matter so i'll say man city i do agree with you but um like you said you know champions league is a 50-50 and you know we're known as serial bottlers but i feel this season maybe we can finally break that curse because i i i think winning a champions league trophy right now would mean more to manchester city fans than it would to chelsea fans because they let's let's be frank they've won it all with you know their golden era of frank lampard didier drogba um arnold zola i think they've won it all and for city it would mean much more so i think city would put in a more aggressive performance and personally i feel what they would exploit from chelsea is apart from their attack i feel it would be the left i i feel it would be the wide channels and because the midfield let's see let's be honest the midfield is being bossed by ngolo kanté ngolo kanté is an absolute machine you can see him mark many a lot of men on the pitch without getting tired and that's absolutely phenomenal from him but the 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 full backs for chelsea aren't exactly the best i mean yes reese james and ben chilwell are pretty good but you know against the side like manchester city i don't think they can perform at their level best because it would be easy for you know world class players like kevin de bruyne phil foden riyad mahrez the the magician to exploit those chances so i think maybe the tides would be in city's favor so yeah see talking about you know talking about the hunger of winning the champions league it's always a 50 50 even of the hunger and the dedication of winning the champions league because champions league is a coveted trophy i mean everyone wants to win that trophy every you know professional football player wants to win that trophy so it's not that chelsea fans have seen the 2012 champions league coming home and they they don't want this and stuff both of them equally want that that that, that bad because chelsea reached the finals for the first time after 2012 and it's been 9 or 10 years after that so even they won the trophy as much as city fans wanted obviously it's for the first time that city are going to the finals but it's going to be see it's going to be equally for both the fans or, and both the professional players it's going to be equal 
and talking secondly talking about the full back system i mean man city have lost twice to chelsea this season and uh, reese james and benchel were both playing was luck was luck reese james and reese james and benchel when i think they were playing those games so i don't think the full backs are really the problem the problem will be chelsea's attack if they could score one or twice or two times we really don't so, know so that's all the time we have for manchester city's uh, analysis throughout the season if you did like the video do share it do subscribe and we'll see you for tomorrow's video which i think would be a pretty interesting one as vedant mentioned in the last podcast video if you don't if you do like listening to us you can check us out on spotify instead of youtube that would be a great help as well and we'll see you all in the next video that's the video for today guys uh, let me just clear out one thing i mean five to six watchers have viewers have told me that why don't you rename yourselves to premier league football parliament uh, the answer to that will be tomorrow because tomorrow we won't focus on premier league at all it's really going to be a great video tomorrow there's going to be a lot of fun y'all should watch tomorrow's video too and like the but like the button share and subscribe to our channel that's the video for today bye